Kevin. <laughs> How's it going, Job? It's, it's been a crazy year a little bit, getting getting to know you, coming out from BC and being probably the only guy who lived in our house and, and <laughs> rented from us that actually talked to us. So yeah. wanted to get on here and talk a little bit about you coming out here and your background and what you've been doing while you've been in BC. You've had quite the ride, so if you want, give us a little intro about you and we'll go. So I grew up in just small town Ontario. Uh, obviously went through high school, all the normal stuff. Lived in the same house pretty much my whole life. Did a couple trips, whatever. Uh, ended up going to school two hours from where I live at uh, in St. Catharines at Brock University. Uh, so that was two hours near Niagara Falls. Um, four years biology. I started actually in biomed and then I switched to biology after first year because the biomed program was way too weird and heavy <laughs> but uh so yeah i did that what kind of biology was that i started in biomedical science and mm-hmm. then i switched from that program into an honors biology science honors biological science okay. so that's what i ended up getting my degree in so just my undergrad nothing mm-hmm. nothing past that and then just did this, the normal school thing, uh, came out of it, felt a lot better about everything. I, I did well. I was actually really, really proud. I'd, I had a high enough average in there too. I got first class status, so I didn't just dog it. I actually did pretty well. Um, you tried. Yeah, frig, way too much effort. Like It's a lot. Um, and then came out looking for jobs and uh, realized pretty quick that it wasn't what you think when you first get out. You're not just going to walk into a place that, hey, I have a biology degree, and they go, awesome, you're hired, 80 <laughs> grand, let's go. So, uh, yeah, after looking for jobs for a while, I worked for my parents. I actually worked in a restaurant for a bit as a hostess, uh, not even a server, just, oh, I forgot <laughs> about that. just clearing tables. But uh, just cleared tables, made dog bones for my parents, and then I ended up finding a job. When I was looking in my area, I was looking in Ontario, and I'd I was looking for stuff near me and I couldn't, couldn't find anything. And then I was looking for stuff a bit further. I couldn't find anything. So a couple of jobs popped up. I didn't get Alberta and I was like, all right, let's throw some applications out there. And then something popped up here and there and stuff popped up in BC. And all of a sudden I got a call and I was like, oh, I didn't even remember applying to the job. <laughs> but uh, so, so your original reason for coming out here was actually for work. Yeah. Yeah, oh, for okay. sure. Yeah, I, didn't, just, I didn't even know that. I thought it was just a random, a random choice. No, no, it was, I made the decision that I was okay moving wherever. Mm-hmm. And then a job came up in, in BC and Langley. And I said, all right, cool. It worked out really well. Cause that's like where I wanted to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's a lot different than most people. Everyone's trying to find a job as close as they can to their house as possible. Yeah. I don't think many people are looking across the country for a new career. No. And I think it's a process too. Cause I did start nearby thinking like, ah, I'll stay at home, live at home for a while, bank the money, just whatever. But that's not what happened for sure. <laughs> so you found the job, you got the call and you decided to move out. Got the call. Luckily, I remembered enough about the job to not sound like an idiot in the interview and then uh, followed through the next interviews. And yeah, I was actually the first person they hired remotely. And then, yeah, flew in. Or, or sorry, no, I, didn't, I didn't fly in. I, I drove. <laughs> I didn't even have a car. I had uh, my uncle, my, my aunt had quit driving. So there was a car sitting there. And my uncle had asked me a couple of times to buy it and I didn't want it. And then uh, all of a sudden I was moving to VC. So I was like, all right, I guess I want that car now. get there somehow and all your stuff. Yeah. So I I, I fit everything I needed into into 
Ford Focus hatchback, drove out here, which was kind of nice because I used to drive to school all the time. Every time I would move at, into school to and back at, during the summers, it was always just into a small car. I always moved myself in and out. So it's something I'd done before, but definitely not that extreme of a trip. What were you, did you have any idea what the facility looked like or anything where you were going to be working? Did they show you anything or was it just a call and that was it? You were sold. Yeah, barely. Uh, it's kind of funny too, because after the fact, because uh, it, it's a fly farm. So it's something that is definitely pretty uh, novel and not all the people would know about. So they have a few YouTube videos, whatever, just showing some of the stuff. So that's what I initially just looked at. And then I looked at it, it seemed cool. I read about the company. It seemed like a really cool company. Like mm-hmm. they, the sustainability of it's awesome. And it was in line with what I kind of wanted. And then they just told me on the interview, they they tried to just make it sound as bad as possible because I guess they have people show up and it's not uncommon. They'll work like a week and quit because they don't like the atmosphere there. <laughs> just the, you're farming flies. You get past it really quick, but some people don't want to stick around and get past it. Yeah, I could see that for sure. <laughs> I'm surprised <laughs> they would let somebody come in remotely to do that because yeah, normally I mean, they, they walk you around to see if you can handle it. They were probably just as nervous as you having someone come all the way over <laughs> probably, here and then yeah. what the hell the facility looks like. You thought you were just yeah, going to really. drive across the country and then leave. <laughs> Last two days. How were you picturing the trip and everything yeah. and showing up and what was going to happen and then what actually happened? Like, was it good? You know, was it what you were expecting or? Yeah, well, I think the best thing is that I I think like uh, like a week ahead is is far in advance for me usually, so... So once I knew I was coming, I was like, all right, sick. So I got to quit my job. So I did that and then got the car in order. And then I ended up having to, I think they initially I was supposed to come in like two weeks and I ended up calling back. I'm like, Hey, like I need an extra week. They're like, yeah, yeah no problem. But, uh, yeah. So I just, all I was thinking was, cause I was actually moving out like right around my birthday too. So I was, all I knew was the first bit of drive. I, I could go stay at my friend's house. I was like, okay, sick. Like, so this is all in my head. It's not what's my life going to look like in a month. Mm-hmm. It's like, Hey, BC is going to be sick. I don't got to worry about that. It'll be fine. Whatever mm-hmm. it was. Okay. Next week I got to go. So I'll drive right to my buddy's house. So I was just planning my days of driving and mm-hmm. even the drive, the drive out here was, I, I decided where I was going to stay that night, the morning of. So like mm-hmm. I'd get in my car and I'm like, Hey, no, I'm getting to my buddy's house. So I didn't book any of my hotels or anything. I just drove to my buddy's house and then yeah, stayed yeah. for a day. And then, it was okay how far am I gonna drive today I'm like all right here so I was like all right better find a place to stay right yeah yeah last minute travels yeah and then luckily too I had uh my sister's friend who's been out in who's out in Alberta for a while doing oil stuff and then came into BC so he actually had a place for me to stay just in uh he had a house he sold it and you know now he's living in a fifth wheel so I stayed on his uh his couch in his fifth wheel for the first few nights Again, too, is just I knew I had a place to stay when I got there, and then everything else was just I'd figured out as I go. I know I'm resourceful enough to. Yeah, you can make it happen. Whatever you've yeah, got to do. Yeah. So it's weird to say I, I never really looking back. I don't think I ever really pictured what things would come of it. I just knew. You're just going with it didn't matter. Go with it, it was didn't gonna, matter. It'll work out in the end. And the biggest thing too is there's nothing stopping me from repacking up my car and driving right back home. Yeah, so it's still in the same country. You can make it back. It's not that big of a worry. Um, well, I mean, for you, for some people, I don't think they would have been able to do yeah, that, which is what I, I think is the cool part about that. Um, and getting here, where was the first, like those places you were just crashing, kind of staying, yeah. what was the first 
place you stayed at when you got here? Like when you were looking for a long-term place, um, you know, something more than a couple nights, what did you, how, what did you end up finding? How, and how was the first, the first spot? Oh gosh. I'm just remembering now too. Well, first I showed up at his place and then the tricky thing was he didn't have internet. Cause the first thing I knew I had to find a place to stay long, long-term and he didn't have internet at his trailer. So I'd have to go just stay at Starbucks all the time, which was just horrible living out of my car, driving here. And then I had to live out of my car at Starbucks. Um, I ended up staying at the sketchiest Airbnb that I'm remembering about now where I literally, actually, this is funny. I was in talks with your brother about, about coming to rent off you guys. Cause I found you guys through just Craigslist. Yeah. So, so at that point we had, we owned a house in South Langley, just outside of Vancouver. We were renting all the rooms out separately and we had actually closed the deal on selling the house. So we threw up an ad for short-term rental for the three months until the new owner took possession. So that's the, that's the ad that Kevin w- would have seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it might've only even been like two months at that point. Yeah. Kind I, of, I think it was like a month or so. In. Yeah. Which, which at the time too, cause I, I saw it and I was like, all right, two months. I was like, all right, that's sick. That buys me way more time. Cause right now I'm thinking this sucks. Like I got a sketchy Airbnb talking to, to Jamie about it. And then went in, saw it, saw him. It's like, okay, cool. Like a guy, he's actually, legit my age so well what, but what was the airbnb like like why was it so i thought i was gonna die <laughs> why i, I mean sh- I, I've, oh I, my I've i because i've never had a bad airbnb experience i've always i mean i've booked stayed a few places in canada toronto vancouver and then overseas in europe but it's always been i've never had a bad or, or weird experience yet so that's i mean i find it usually quite safe or yeah. or or, or <laughs> good so i'm curious to hear about that's what. the only bad one i've ever had and it was pretty brutal well it was because the, the way i justified getting off his couch and just renting something for right now is because obviously airbnb is not the cheapest way to do it so the, you were sleeping on someone's couch through airbnb i was sleeping on his couch through a friend and then i found a place on airbnb and i showed up and it was like the quickest like paint job reno ever it was so weird it had like a fence and it was a house though it was a house yeah, yeah. and there was multiple rooms i don't even think i realized there was multiple rooms when i booked it because i always so liked, like, so there was a bunch of you in there yeah it, there wasn't though it was me and this guy who used to be homeless who's an artist and he just like had the coldest how, eyes i was so sketched how, how much was this place per night it was cheap it was like <laughs> i can't remember i think you it was did, like you did you did the cheap kevin Oh yeah, yeah. It was like thirty bucks. Well, because I didn't want to spend like okay. hundred bucks a night. Because I'm thinking, if I stay here a week, I don't want to pay hundred bucks a night. I'd rather just find a place to stay. So you were trying to find time. something cheap to make sure the job and everything were were decent. Yeah, well, to just to of, have internet and try to find another place to stay. That was mostly it. So I didn't have to stay uh, at Starbucks all the time. Yeah. Okay. So, it was okay. just like a a place to to stay where I actually had internet, but wasn't just on the couch with no internet mm-hmm. before I found a place to stay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was weird. But, uh, but then, yeah. So, so I had that, I think I saw your guys's place and then had that sketchy experience and I didn't even sleep there. I, mm-hmm. I got in, had a shower and I was just, it was like, that weird. This place is horrible. I think I paid for three nights. I just bailed. So then I just, so it was just drove back there, to the, drove back to the trailer couch. <laughs> and then <laughs> I think the next day text you guys back, text Jamie and just said, Hey, like, yeah, I'll take it. I won't have an Airbnb experience like that now. I want got to I got to start booking cheaper places. I'm spending too much money on that damn app. Yeah, if you want to get a scary experience, oh. I wish I would have bought art off that guy because I feel like 
it would have been cool to look back on because he's like, oh, I'm an artist. I, I was homeless. That would have, it would have been a really good story behind the art, having it in your house. That's how cheap and shitty it was. <laughs> is it's like a step above being homeless. Is he <laughs> staying at this place? Oh, and then you saw our ad and you ended up moving in with us. Mm-hmm. And how was that? Yeah, I, I just remember showing up. Yeah, just just seeing, like I said, your brother Jamie, my age, and just didn't even think because I never really talked to any of you for the first like month or so. Um, I only spoke to two of the guys you had renting downstairs. There was an older guy who was on the yeah. rocks right now with his kid or something like that. So mm-hmm. he's just getting away. And then uh, oh, I forgot about that guy. Yeah. Oh, we even had some weirdo renters too. Yeah, yeah, he was an older guy and his his wife. I don't know. They were having he was having troubles with the wife and the kid, and he just had to take a break. And he was just literally basically sleeping at at our house. It's like his kid just came back, and him and his kid weren't getting along. So just to settle everything, he just left and rented a place around the corner. Like he lived around the corner, so he was still like walk home, cut his grass, and then come back. Yeah, yeah. This guy had it oh, rough. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Oh, yes, yeah, him, and then just like another young guy who. I don't know. He was just a few years younger, I and I could tell he's in that like party, do whatever. Wasn't stage. that the guy who flew planes, or he was going to school to be a pilot? I don't think so. Oh, I don't remember. He's played mm. baseball. That's all I remember. Oh, okay. He was out here for baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, most of our renters, we had never really talked to. Everyone kind of minded their own business. No one ever tried to talk to us. I mean, uh, sometimes we're not the most approachable people. (laughs) Maybe. Um, A lot of people think a lot of times that we're, you know, Jamie and I look mad or, um, I don't know, just don't always have an inviting look to us, I guess. Yeah. And we also lived upstairs and and you were downstairs. Yeah, there's a separation of it too. Yeah, most of the renters are downstairs. So I think a lot of times they just felt like, you know, that's their area. This is mine kind of thing. So they didn't really come up um and well especially from the short-term renters we had some longer term who Mm. you know um that definitely became friends with us but for the short-term people you were the only person i remember you came home that day with the case of beer uh i think it was case of bud light or something and you asked us to have a beer yeah it was uh it was saint patrick's day that's what it was and i think it was a weird day too because you were working those weird shifts right your job was you didn't have friday saturday off no, right. I worked straight Saturday, weekends Sunday. for the first like six months that I was there. I had like a Monday or no, I think I had Monday, Tuesday or Tuesday, Wednesday. I think it was weekend. Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, just brutal weekend, not conducive to anything. Yeah, it was weird because I, I remember a couple of times where you're like coming home with beer or other things and I'm kind of like, it's a weird day for that. Yeah. And <laughs> even still, yeah, you probably saw a couple of times. I, I still didn't even like do anything for the first while. Because uh, I would just go to work, come home tired, whatever. And mm-hmm. I was just focusing on work because I showed up and wanted to do a good job my, mm-hmm. at my work and figure everything out and learn. So I was kind of just going to work, coming home. Uh, again, the weird weekend. So I would just come home, pretty much just watch Netflix and then yeah, whatever, hang out. Maybe I'd go drive. I did a few hikes here and there. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, a lot by myself. So then eventually I hit that point where I was like, hey, like there's this guy living upstairs. He's my age. Like. <laughs> Yeah. See if he wants to go grab dinner and get a beer or something like, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. We had, we had a beer and then it started. Yeah. We talked. And then when you told us what you did, I remember when you told us <laughs> that you grew flies, I was so <laughs> fucking confused. I'm like, what do you, I've never heard of anyone do that. I mean, anyone that I know is always trades doing, you know, oh, I'm a carpenter, electrician or welder or 
you know, a lot of online business stuff, web designers, stuff like that. But I've never heard anyone say that they've grown flies. I don't know anyone who's gone to school for biology. So it's definitely just stuff that is a little bit unheard of for my realm of, of All friends. All people, I think. <laughs> yeah, so I remember that was hilarious. I, I couldn't believe you, you grew flies. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's something I kind of stumbled into and just became an insect guy, not uh, on purpose. Yeah. But uh, I think the the livestock it's almost a technology right now what they're doing with the insects where they're it's just a to it's waste remediation essentially it's just stuff that people can't consume that would otherwise go to the garbage but it's still it's still human grade stuff it's just whatever's happened maybe it's dropped temperature or something to where Mm -hmm. they don't want to sell it in a store so it would come to the company where we'd we'd raise the the flies out of it and then you feed the flies to the chicken and then those nutrients that would have just gone to a dump for no reason now get back into the cycle to go to chickens or or a lot of backyard yeah it's mostly backyard chickens right now but Mm -hmm. even still i must have heard that story like i've probably heard you tell that at least a hundred times now oh for sure (laughs) no doubt every time we would go anywhere and when we first started going for dinner, started with a beer and then we'd, we, I ate out a lot. So every time Jamie and I were going to go eat, we would text you and, and invite you to come. Mm-hmm. Started going to Earl's and Cactus and other things. And uh, we knew most of the people there. So every time we would sit down and be like, <laughs> you know, everyone knows they don't know who you are. So like, oh, who's this? Yeah. Like, oh, it's Kevin Egros Flies. It's like and, show and tell yeah. the fly farmer Ontario guy, yeah. like and not from here. I love just seeing the reaction on people's faces because, I mean, I kind of got to relive the moment every time <laughs> how I felt. And I got to see that in other people. And it was just so funny because they had no idea what to say. And no one ever believed us. No, At first, they'd I always be like, so. oh, you're fucking with me. He doesn't yeah. grow flies. What are you talking about? I'm like, no, he grows flies. I'm serious. And then you, have to, then you have to dive into the whole explanation um, uh, again. But, yeah, that was... Uh, Definitely, if I, yeah, that was one of the best introductions <laughs> I've, I've ever had for somebody. Yeah, I, I remember, I remember you, you telling everyone. It was always, <laughs> it was always just as much fun for me. <laughs> to I'm like, what am I doing that I have all these people freaking out? I mean, not it's a, in awe, but like confusion. It's a good like way to. I mean, it was just a good conversation starter. It gets the people going. They don't know what the hell. And I mean, you're the new guy. You've got, mm-hmm. you know, you've got something interesting that people don't know anything about. So everybody always gets to learn something new from it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> After the flies, I mean, well, you're still working with the flies. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still working there. So the fly thing was ongoing. And then after hanging out more, you decided you wanted to start your own business. Yes. So, so something I've always thought about is like my dad has his own business and things. So I've always kind of had the idea. What do, what do they do again? My dad, him and my uncle and, and my grandpa, they had started making dog treats. So it was a lot of just uh, like beef marrows, cooked cooked bones and beef sticks. It's all just like stuffed pepperettes for dogs essentially mm-hmm. and then all that stuff. So that's uh, something that they kind of started doing on the side and then we're able to grow it into a, a pretty decent business for themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's something I always saw is, is that if you can set things up for yourself, especially my dad's the hardest worker. So to, to work hard for yourself is you're never wasting mm-hmm. your efforts yeah. when you do something like that. So then I showed up and then saw 
so you have your your trucks your mm-hmm. your truck components suspension components and then <laughs> your brother has his uh his, his natural vegan the soaps and things yeah so i showed up and saw something i already thought about i had a couple i had a friend who just started a brewery back home so it's already my my gears were already spinning yeah, the and then i met you guys you were, and that we're, we're doing something mm-hmm. that you were interested in. and then something i'd always heard about is because I was in the insects, there's more for the edible insects too. So there's, there's crickets. Mm-hmm. So, so in my head, I'm like, all right, I got this business idea. I had all the money I saved up while I was waiting to figure out what I was going to do before I came to BC. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go buy a hundred thousand of these crickets. <laughs> I'm going to rent this barn, which was too much money a month. Well, more. actually first we, we had, let's, we had sold the house and we, we, at this point, the house had sold, and yeah. we had actually, within those three months, hung out enough times mm-hmm. that when I was looking to rent a place, and, and we were coming down to Fort Langley all the time and getting dinner and going to the pub maybe a little bit too much. <laughs> and Threw my hat in the ring. After those, I mean, really only two months, we ended up living t- together. Mm-hmm. I was looking for a one-bedroom suite, but if I found a two, I was open to it, and mm-hmm. that's what I found, and we ended up um, moving in. And then this is when the cricket idea sort of built, spent a little bit more time. Mm. And then, yeah. So it must've been probably seven months later Mm -hmm. since I'd first shown up to where, to where I had this, where I, I started contemplating the idea probably a lot sooner than that. Probably after we had already moved Mm -hmm. in together in the second place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you were already thinking about it. And I mean, at this point you you decided that you were going to stay in BC for for a while you would yeah so it goes back to it was anytime anybody said when i was first moving out here all my friends before i left they're like hey how long are you going i'm like yeah i don't know <laughs> they're like what do you mean you know i was like i don't have an end time on it like yeah just i'm gonna go and like i said it feels it, right if 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 two weeks i'm sick of it and i want to drive home all right whatever but i i imagined i'd stay for at least a year or something and then yeah mm-hmm. it's to the point where i'm getting comfortable here so i, I was gonna stay so i'm like all right and and one of the things too is looking back because like I said I rent, I'm renting this barn that's more than my rent here mm-hmm. just to stay at my ha- like my house so yeah so it's something looking back I have a farm property like it's where they run their business we have an old they used to have horses my family used to have horses on this this property so there's tons of room like by all means my dad I could have got just a storage container built some little structure whatever and, mm-hmm. and had a place for free essentially but here I am renting this place no family support that I would have had otherwise. So well, yeah, I remember you saying that a lot of times, like I could just go home and set this up and your dad, you know, he, when you guys would call, he would offer for you to do that. Come home, I'll help you out. We'll get it going. But for some reason you wanted to stay here and do it yourself and, and really put the effort in and prove and give it a shot yeah, it's something knowing that I see I see so many people do things for themselves. It's it's I want to know that I'm putting in that effort and it's it's me who achieves it when I hit that point. Like and it's also your decisions too. I mean, I don't know that much about your dad, but maybe um you know, if you're on at his place and he's helping, he's he might be a, maybe pushy about what he thinks means, yeah. is best and you know, some you know, the best way to learn I think is fucking up yourself <laughs> and, and doing yeah. what you think is, is right. Because then you, then, you know, I mean, just because someone else tells you mm-hmm. something that they believe is right. Uh, um, you never really know until you do it yourself mm-hmm. and, and figure that out. I mean, a million times when I was growing up, 
my dad would tell me, don't do that, don't do this, and I'd do that, and <laughs> obviously turned out like shit, but I yeah. realized that, and you don't do it again, but yeah. I think that's the obviously the best way to learn, so... Yeah, it, and doing it myself is, especially too, whether it ultimately succeeds or fails, it's not, oh, we should have done this, we should have done that, or he shouldn't have done this or made me do this. It's everything lies on me. It's it's mm-hmm. my own choices that make or break it, and and should it go one way or the other, it's it's lessons that I know personally I can take on myself that yeah, it, it was no one else. It was me. I was the one in there every day feeding the damn crickets, like <laughs> giving them water. Like if they die, it's... it's all on me so what was the goal with the cricket business like where did you want to take that to when you started it and it was your idea and because there's people using crickets for lots of different things Mm -hmm. i I understand but what where what did you want to want to do with it uh it was going to be growing them just for for human consumption getting to a stage likely of of just producing, and I did, I did produce some. Oh yeah, I forgot. Used to make all the the big crickets. I made some. uh, I did get to the point where I I had a few generations. So every time a generation was to the end, I'd I'd harvest them just before. How long did it take again for a generation to grow? Three weeks, like two months. Oh, up to totally wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the first batch I I got already midlife, Mm -hmm. and then yeah, it's it's up to two months. You can you can start to harvest them after like a month if you Mm -hmm. want, but. So you're going to be doing the cricket, like, goods, protein, bars. Yeah, things. I was going to start making the powder. And at first, my yeah, plan, yeah, my, my business plan, because I was so smart, such a smart businessman. I was like, okay, I can't make a lot of it, so I'm going to make as much as I can. I'm going to cut it by making these protein cookies, and then I'm going to sell those. It's going to do amazing. Uh, sell it all, and then just grow as I grow. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of going to be the plan, which I, I knew there was holes in that. But again, it comes back to... I, I just want to do everything as I go and learn as I go. And it's not that there wasn't the forethought to, mm-hmm. to what's going to happen and what might happen. It's just I don't like putting too much weight on what might happen six months down the road. I'd rather focus on what might happen in a week or two weeks. Yeah, and I think sometimes, especially in, in a really, really sort of, well, not broad, but I guess really early stage startup, something like that, that without the experience, you don't, there's not that much planning you can do because a lot of things you're not sure what's going to happen or Mm -hmm. how it's going to turn out. And a lot of it is just as you go trying new things and what's Mm going to work and what, and and what's not. So, yeah, there's, there's so many things that I, because before I even bought the crickets, I I sketched out so many different ideas of how I was going to do it and all Mm -hmm. these different things watched. I consumed as much information as I could from other farmers and things. But uh, ultimately as soon as they showed up, like I, I started trying all these things I thought about and, and oh, this doesn't work because this, or this doesn't work because of that, and yeah. and things that don't make sense to build, or or it gets dirty way too fast, and you're like, okay, hey, cool, it works, but it's like, am I going to sit here and clean this every <laughs> week? Not a chance. Like, yeah, that's something. The problem right now with the mass scaling of the insect industry, and for some reason, I thought I could get around that. Just the cleaning, just, yeah, yeah, cleaning and everything too. Just the fact that I, I couldn't. I I kept trying to to make something to to give them water so I didn't have to go there every day and give them water because yeah, the water they drink right away. And the biggest problem I had is everything I would try, no matter how small the gap, they would manage to get in there, drown, and then taint the water for everyone. Mm-hmm. So I'd walk in and there'd just be this stinky water that has been there for 24 hours and all of a sudden it's it's crap already. And, and sometimes it'd work great and sometimes it would just screw yeah. up. So now it's all of a sudden, okay, well, I got to try that differently and 
the, the trial and error over and over and over again is just yeah just taxing trying to do all these different things where did you get the crickets from your first batch because you don't just go out into the wild and pick crickets so where no it'd be too, wh- too long. where did you get them and the event you know the, the story about going to get them yeah and so maybe also the truck um <laughs> yeah because yeah, yeah. at, at this point i mean it, I, it tied i think it it definitely I ties don't, into getting them yeah yeah so i looked for a while and then i was looking for a barn space and as soon as one popped up a good one popped up bigger than i needed which is again why so much but i, I was like i don't want to be moving up into different places i want to get something that i can grow into which not a good idea. It should start at the scale I should start at. Mm-hmm. But so as soon as I got that, I'm like, okay, well, I'm paying rent. So I got to get these crickets and I already source some things. And, and then too, I got to, I got to move in all this stuff. I got to build these, I had to build some rooms to isolate the crickets and be able to put all the insulation up and things. So I'm like, okay, so I need a truck. So I post my car for sale. And then before my car actually sells, I found the best value I thought in a truck. <laughs> Because uh, I've been looking, and there's all these different trucks you can get for six, seven thousand, and then a lot of them are kind of junkier. Mm-hmm. And then I found this this 1985 Volkswagen Transporter. So it's a if you know what a Vanagon is, 90, 1985 Vanagon, and all this you can look up. Maybe there'll be a picture in the video, but uh, it's just this van that Volkswagen decided to just cut into a truck, <laughs> and so it's this this single cab van truck thing. And in Ontario, because they salt the roads because we get so much snow, nothing older than like 15, 20 years really survives. It's all junk. So I see this car that's 10 years older than I am, but uh, it's in just pretty good shape. It was in better shape actually than my car, which was uh, 2013s. My car was only like six years old. And Mm -hmm. the rust is, the rust on them was pretty much the same. So I see this thing and I'm thinking, coolest thing i've ever seen and you know what <laughs> you're not used to having the old cars at home i'm not used to having those options dangled in front of me that's, and then uh, yeah, with safeties cool. and things too bc's a lot more relaxed on when you buy a car in ontario as soon as you buy it you have to get an inspection to change names mm-hmm. whereas bc you can just buy it and drive it it's fine yeah so yeah so it's an opportunity that i never would have had in ontario and i'm like well i'm if i'm doing it why why wouldn't i go <laughs> for it and it's what i've been doing this whole this whole time yeah, it worked out because at that point we then we all had Volkswagens. Yeah, you guys had just bought your Volkswagens, I think, just before me. Yeah, your TDIs. Yeah, no, that was uh, yeah, it fit in. <laughs> yeah, it was good. That Ford didn't didn't suit us. <laughs> so then that the van. I remember going to test drive that thing. We went up into. Uh, yeah, I couldn't was, drive manual. Oh yeah, <laughs> I literally that, couldn't even test drive this this truck. I I I drove in the parking lot a couple times with my brother's car, so I knew I was capable of it. Mm-hmm. But I knew if I show up, like I'm going to stall this thing twenty times, it's not worth it. So I had to get you guys. Either way, I would have had you come look at yeah, it. Yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, because I test drove it, and I thought it was hilarious because the <laughs> you rear guys wouldn't stop laughing. I was laughing so hard. I've never driven one of those, and I'm so used to one ton trucks, F three fifties, and all those things. Um, with the the rear suspension being leaf sprung and that having coil independent suspension all the way around. Yeah. Oh, I remember we were just driving it on the test drive. I was just driving over curbs, like up and down, going right over the yeah. corner or stuff. I was like, man, this half thing, curbs, you wouldn't even feel it. Yeah. It just feels like it's floating over everything. Yeah. I was, oh, just the three of us were in the front. I think I was laughing so hard test driving it. I mean, I didn't think you were actually going to buy it. That was the funniest part. Like, There's not a fucking chance he's going to buy this thing. I'm like, there's no way. And, um, oh, 
it's been it's been a time <laughs> since. But so so you, you bought it, well and yet. I mean, at first, everything was close. Like your barn was what five ten minutes. From yeah, what, my from barn we was ten minutes down the road. My work where we live now is is like six seven minutes i've always lived close in town so i hate the idea of having a commute so yeah everything everything's right close so i'm like why not buy this old truck worst case i i hop on the bicycle i can do anything i need with a bike if i had to you know you weren't worried about about a breakdown no i just wasn't too worried about it it was in my price range to where i'm like yeah if i have to spend a thousand bucks whatever it's not the end of the world that's Mm -hmm. okay so the crickets you got the van or the truck the transporter thing yeah and then you had to figure out how the hell you're going to get some crickets, where they're going to come from, and that whole thing. Yeah, so we're here in BC on the West Coast, and I decided to find crickets. Again, I love making things hard for myself. So I found crickets for a really good deal in Michigan. So not even nearly close. So the way the guy does it is, if you're that far, is he flies them to you, because obviously, too, it's, it's crickets, they're live, so like, they can't mm-hmm. be in a box for the guy packs them in a box, essentially just in with cardboard egg, egg cartons. Mm-hmm. And then he throws potatoes in cause that's their food and water is potato. And so and they can't really stay in there for more than two days. Yeah. So they only last. Okay. That's what I was going to ask how long they, they stay, they stay in there and, and he air freights them and he air freights them. It's not yeah. going to last through UPS or some sort of ground delivery. Yeah. And then too, so going back to my biology degree and, and the idea of doing things big, I'm like, okay, well, I can't just buy a few because that's silly because then I'm just going to have to order more anyways. And I'm like, okay, go yeah, through my head. How many did you buy again? I bought 100,000 of them. So I'll get to it in a second, but something in genetics wise, like I was like, I can't buy 10,000 because I, I don't want to breed a million out of 10,000. The the genes will, the gene pool is horrible. It's a terrible gene funnel. Um, So yeah, so I, I spent two grand on 100,000 crickets. And I mean, I'm that, thinking, that, I mean, that's not bad. How much is that per cricket? That's pretty cheap. That's a good deal. <laughs> yeah, that's that we don't value their lives very much. Yeah. So, and then too, it was just the, the thought of like, okay, if I spend 200 bucks, I'm not taking it seriously. I've got this big barn. Let's get things rolling right away. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So I just dropped a whole mess of money and a whole mess of crickets. And then uh, the thing too is the guy, I had to figure out all the importing myself. So I had to go through apply for the import permits of them mm-hmm. because you have to have the certain species too is why I had to go so far as I wanted this species of them. Okay. Uh, the uh, tropical brown cricket. banded cricket. Yeah, they're fancy crickets. Um, <laughs> but anyway, again, I was thinking long-term because there's a virus in the other one. So I'm thinking, well, in, in 10 years, I don't want this virus hitting me mm-hmm. or a year or whatever. So just thinking long-term, but short-term, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I had to figure out the imports. The, trying to get the best. And then the guy, too, he wouldn't ship. He wouldn't fly him across the border either. And so the closest he could get him was Seattle, which is about three, three and a half hours from where we are here. So I just bought this truck. I hadn't been on the highway with it yet at all. Oh, yeah. At all. Like, luckily, I'd learned how to drive manual by this point. It had mm-hmm. been a few weeks or so, whatever, while I was building the, the barn. I'd been cruising it around and everything, but... Yeah, so I first time on the highway, so I'm like, all right, fingers crossed. And uh, actually, the the only problem I had, because I did have a problem, is the the coolant wasn't high enough, and I was didn't know what to buy, so I just 
put it off, but I actually had to go a certain speed so that I would get enough air passing the the motor because I noticed that if I'm going slow, the temperature was getting too high, but as soon mm-hmm. as I get going fast, the temperature would come back down. So yeah, like, okay, yeah cool. enough so, airflow through the rat. Or... So I'm just trying to like speed as much as I can, and anytime <laughs> the line goes up, it just starts speeding. Yeah. Driving this old truck on the highway. And that was the whole way down to Seattle. Yeah, the whole way down. So I drove there and back. I drove there. I showed up with some foam board and some two by fours and a drill. So I just showed up, assessed my situation of all these boxes. Uh, I, and I just built a, I built an enclosure sitting there at the dock. These guys are laughing at me too, by the way. Like <laughs> they see me, they see these crickets cause they can hear them chirping. They're like, yeah, what are yeah. those? I'm like, yeah, these are literally full of crickets. There's 10,000 in each of these boxes. They're not that big of boxes. Mm-hmm. They're like, what is that? Like three feet by two feet or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're not the biggest box and they got 10,000 crickets per. So these guys are just laughing at me while I'm building this enclosure. And I'm like, can I stay at your dock? He's like, yeah, it's fine. We'll, we won't use this one. <laughs> yeah it's hilarious and then and then to the whole way home i'm just scared like every time every like half hour i'm pulling over somewhere whatever just just trying to listen for those chirps making sure that they're, they're still, still happy alive. and alive didn't waste waste two grand that fast yeah well because they weren't traveling for that long he air freighted them and you picked them up next day yeah they they were probably on a plane for whatever hours they'd probably by the time I saw him, they'd probably have left his place 12 hours ago, 14 hours ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. So I still had like, I still had like 30 hours to play with or whatever. Oh yeah, you had lots of time. So I ended up getting him back and then I got him back. I got all my heat and everything figured out and set up and then I got him in there just still in their boxes pretty much mm-hmm. and then just gradually brought the temperature up so that they'd be happy and, and over the course of the next day, I got him out of their boxes. And then, so for growing these, I mean, your goal was to grow to a million crickets or, I mean, you said yeah, something about a million. Right. Is that like, that was just an idea. I think you that had. was it's my like, end of the year goal or something like that. Or within a get, year, okay. I wanted to make sure I was happy at a million because some of the main farms were running like 5 million or something at the time. Okay. So you just, yeah. A lot of those have grown quite a bit since the ones I was looking at, the guys mm-hmm. I was watching, but. You started with a hundred thousand. How do they, how do you get them to um yeah so they're actually not how do you get more out of them (laughs) (laughs) they're actually not too temperamental to breed as long as it's nice and warm for them which again running space heaters so that's another Mm -hmm. bill i wasn't even thinking about before was the hundred and something bucks a month i was paying to run these space heaters Mm -hmm. but um yeah so as long as the temperature is good you just put moist uh, peat soil down for them and they're they're pretty happy to lay eggs although the trick is you got to screen it off because again they're they're always working against you while you're trying to help them because mm-hmm. uh, the males like to eat the eggs. So you got to worry about screening it off to make sure the males are. And then that's the other thing too, is they're trying to wiggle under that screen. It's all a pain. It's hard <laughs> to manage. Like you can imagine like managing like a field of cows is going to be how many cows, like what a few hundred or something. Yeah. yeah. And you can kind of manage it. You might have a couple stragglers yeah, that give I mean, you trouble. People only but, have 10. Yeah. But now I'm running with a hundred thousand. So like, if 1% give me, give me pain, that's a thousand crickets that are doing whatever the heck to Yeah, 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 that's true. Undermine me. Even if a thousand are going eating all the eggs, that's quite a few. That's <laughs> brutal. So yeah, so you just collect the eggs and once you've collected them, you, you just pull them out, keep the eggs warm and then warm and moist and then the eggs will hatch after a period of it's like 10 days or so. Yeah. They'll start hatching and, and it's cool too. Crickets hatch is a, 
they're holometabolous, I believe is the word. I hope I got that right. <laughs> but um, they hatch in the same body shape as, as what they are as adults. So they hatch as just tiny crickets and then they molt and molt and molt and then until they're the full size. Yeah, so they don't look any different. It's just the size. No, they don't look any different. Because like obviously the flies, the flies start as the larva where they're the little wrigglers and then uh, mm-hmm. they'll they'll pupate and then turn into a fly. So they don't look nearly the same, which would be hemimetabolous. I hope I'm getting these words right. I don't, I don't remember if I am. Either way, I don't think any anyone's going to know the difference. I hope not. Don't call me out. I'm calling myself before anyone else does. Um, but yeah, so that so yeah, so it's these cute little crickets running around, which is a lot of satisfaction being a, a cricket dad to these little babies. Yeah, it feels like you got a lot of kids. Yeah, I did <laughs> lots and lots of them. So you were growing them and just messing around with different. Uh, sort of systemizing and organizing and trying to, you know, make it most efficient and see what, what you could do in, in there, um, in the barn. And then mm-hmm. as you were doing that, the goal was to sort of create a product out of them. So mm-hmm. that's when you started to grow them and would bring them. Um, that's when <laughs> the, that's when the home cooking started. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, as you were growing them, then you, then your plan was to, yeah, do these other things. So you would bring them home. Yeah. yeah. And cause again, too, like looking back, like I had, like when I did all the initial research, I, I had all the steps planned out. Like I, I did not have any clue what was going to happen, but yeah, yeah. it was like, all right, the, the next couple of years will look like this and I would plan it out loosely and then I wouldn't worry about any specifics. So one of the things was, yeah, okay, I'll start making products. I'll start testing it, just selling it around town, whatever. And then, uh, so I did the home, the home cooking things, figured out how to dehydrate them and, and make the powders and things. Oh, and right, how to the work dehydrator. Yeah. And then, uh, so then the roadblock was in the fine print details. I wasn't thinking about the fact that, uh, I first was trying to sell it to your, you had a lady that you would get food from sometimes and we were going to try to get her to buy it off me for those like protein balls or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. I and had that was the first time lady. I had somebody go, Hey, like you have all the inspections and stuff on this stuff. Right. And I'm like no <laughs> i'm growing them in this this dirty barn whatever i'm just like what do you mean and uh i thought i, I figured out real quick that what we're doing at the fly farm is all for animal consumption so the rules aren't this, aren't quite the same as uh mm-hmm. and even still some of the stuff there we're tweaking but yeah so it, so essentially to do this you have to be making it if you think of like a bakery environment like a commercial kitchen environment like mm-hmm. it has to be all this stainless steel easy clean stuff like you have to have all the professional grade equipment like like my dehydrator. You have, have to inspect your facility. Yeah, and you have to get it all inspected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like I fronted like 300 bucks for this dehydrator. Now I'm realizing like the commercial grade ones are all like two grand or more. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and if I don't have these, like it's not to standard, it's not to code, I'm never going to pass. So now I'm thinking, okay, I got to get these commercial kitchens or something. And I'm like, okay, what commercial kitchen is going to have a dehydrator at the ready for me? Like not a chance. Mm-hmm. So like I'd have to be renting these commercial kitchen spaces for like a couple hundred bucks an hour or something. Mm-hmm. And then have to bring my own dehydrator, set it up in there, and then I have to rent the space for eight hours, whatever, so I can run this dehydrator. Like, and that's literally just to make some random products. And that's just to, to make to some test. flour, some cricket flour, just to mess around with and try to sell around town. Like, that's, yeah, it would have been really tough to get your money back. Super tough, if possible at all. So then the other side would be trying to build my own. But then again, I'm already renting this space. Do I do I want to spend all this different money trying mm-hmm. to? 
get this barn space that I wasn't even thinking about this, this commercial grade aspect, like trying to get that place to snuff, trying to get my landlord to be okay with having these inspectors coming through. And, and even, uh, it definitely wasn't the place for for even things like one of the things I was reading is you needed, I needed like running hot water and I was just on a well with a hose there. So like (laughs) the, the crickets are fine with it. They have all the minerals and junk in the well, but but uh, in terms of like, I don't have a hot water there. Like I have to no. I'd have to run a gas line, a hot water heater. Like that's impossible. It's not going to happen. Like, and <laughs> so doomed. So, so yeah. So I, I remember the kitchen stuff not working out so well. And then, but after that, so then you decided to sell them whole. Just. Yeah, so Basically something said, some point the flower, in the middle there. Let's just try and get some sort of return here. Yeah, because there's a there's a market for them as reptile food. So then something mm-hmm. else I, I went and I, I jumped down the rabbit hole of trying to do all that. Put a, quite a bit of time and research and things into it. Because you thought about doing a, 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 a cricket subscription. Yeah, Did I, you I set all that up. Like <laughs> yeah, so if somebody would have found it in those in that month that I had it all set up, they hundred percent could have signed up for, cause if you had a reptile, for, you would have been able to put in how many crickets all you means need. They could have been buying the, the sizes they want. They could have punched in all those different mm-hmm. numbers and things. I would have figured out their orders. I would have shipped it right to their door. I had Canada post all the estimates and stuff set up and things like yeah, I, yeah. I got it set up. And so you did the there, website. Just didn't have any customers. Yeah. yeah. So another, I mean, another little loop learning curve. Yeah. Um, another you know, loop. I did to, the whole Shopify deal. I, I got my own my own domains and things, linked it all up, mm-hmm. set up the shop, set up all the shipping and things, figured mm-hmm. it all out. Yeah, so another another learning thing. Um and at this point, well, you when when you were actually delivering them for a while, there's that one yeah. or the one guy would come pick them up oh, here. Yeah. yeah. But there's a couple local deliveries and things and and you would bring them home. <laughs> For the night, yeah. <laughs> and he you would bring them home. Some guys the, buying crickets tonight. I got just come home with a box. He would bring them home in little ziploc or not as like uh, little yeah plastic was, containers. It was I like thought. a yeah they were they're like, like dollar plastic containers from I think Canadian Tire. Yeah, it would just be like a food to go container. Just snap the lid on, and he would bring these these crickets home. And um, I had been to the cricket. I'd been to the barn a bunch. We'd helped set some things up and check it out and just stop by. Cause I mean, it was funny and weird as hell to go there and see all these crickets jumping around in these bins. And I had a cool big barn space too. Yeah. It was a cool little spot and I had no idea what the hell was going on in there except all the crickets. And I going there, hearing the crickets it, when there's so many of them, it's almost like a soothing I mean, you don't yeah. mind the sound. It's it's actually it's quite. Cool. Yeah, it, it's I not, really like the sound. Yeah, it's not. You get it's. It's I, almost like when you hear like rain, where you hear like mm-hmm. rain on a ceiling, like a tin roof or something like that, where like it's kind of loud, but you get used to it. and It's really soothing. So same deal. Yeah, I thought it would have been a lot more annoying for you know show up be like oh fuck these things sound like you know I don't know, but it yeah surprisingly they sound they sounded good and mm-hmm. um. But that's the only time I'd ever heard a cricket. Mm-hmm. I, when there were so many, I'd never heard them uh, Other than al- in the distance at uh, night or alone. Something. So one time when you br- when you brought home these these crickets, we had an escape an escapee in the house. Yeah, and 
I actually didn't know what it was for so long. <laughs> we, we were here, and and I I, I remember this thing would wake me up. I, I mean, I'd be I'd be watching movies like this is literally our couch right here. And I'd be watching movie the the the, the sink or the the fridge just over there, and if, I mean, for the first, I, I guess they're not as loud right away. Right? It depends, I mean, yeah. The voice kind of, I mean, the the, 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 the chirps. Yeah, they kind of build as they grow, I, I would assume. But mm-hmm. um, I would be here watching a movie, and I would hear this noise. And I'm thinking, what the hell is that? Like, is the fridge <laughs> is the fridge broken? And I would go over there, and I would just kind of tap the fridge, and it would stop. So I thought, okay, you know, something's just kind of messed up in the fridge motor, whatever the hell it is. And for the first week or two, that's all it was. Like, I would hear it every you know, a couple of days if I was watching, you Probably know, a, sh- a show days, or yeah. sitting out here reading or whatever I was doing. And I'd just go and tap the fridge and go away. I'm like thinking, fuck, what? This is so weird, this fridge. And then it started to get so much louder. It would, I would be in my room and it'd be two in the morning and, and it would start doing it. And I'd come out of my room and I'd be hitting the fridge. I'm like, Jesus, I was like, what the hell is going on with this thing? And it would kind of quiet down. I'd go back to my room and then it started to get so bad that like this thing would wake me up constantly. And I still thought it was the fridge. I had no clue. And then I finally like three weeks. And I remember waking Kevin up and saying, dude, what the hell is this sound? And I finally thought, I'm like, is that a, is that a cricket? And it was. And I, and you didn't want to tell me that it was because he knew it was, but I had no clue what the hell the sound was. He's this whole time. I think it's the fridge and it's a cricket. And I, I just, I didn't understand where it was. So at first, I mean, I started to get really frustrated. It got to the point where like this thing was waking me up every night for, for, it was probably about a month. Like it was bad. And I mean, I don't know. I was getting so annoyed. I basically was like, Hey, I'm going to find this thing. I come out here three in the morning. I'd pull the fridge (laughs) off the wall. I'm like pulling it right out in the middle of the kitchen. I'm looking around. I'm like, got my flashlight in the bottom. I can't see anything. And then I, I do this for a, another week or so goes by and I forget where you went. I think you were maybe downtown uh, or, or something for the weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Jamie was here and we were going to watch a movie and it, it starts going. And I'm like, you've got to be shitting me. Like, this is out of control. It was, we pulled the fridge out tilted it back because i'm like this is the only spot it can be in and we tilted but but when you would start to move everything it would stop and then mm-hmm. if you so if, if i would go over there and i'd, kick, doing I'd kick the fridge and it would shut the hell up or i'd move the fridge yeah. and then i'd come back and sit down but 30 minutes later boom the thing goes again or maybe five maybe ten whatever it depended how it was feeling yeah, yeah. i guess but this time we we took the fridge leaned up on the back and we just laid there silence i was like fuck this i'm gonna catch this goddamn thing whatever it takes and we're just lay and we listen i'm like dude it's gotta be in there it's like and it sounds like it is so finally pull it off or we pull the fridge out more and then we realize it's not in the fridge i'm like where the hell is this thing so we peel the baseboard off the wall and it's sitting there and i see it I'm like, you, like I have never wanted to kill something so bad in my entire life. Like, we, we see it, but then the baseboard was off behind the counter, and we went to 
spray it with like with kitchen cleaner i think that was like the and, first thing you guys found was cleaner. And J- jamie goes to spray it i'm videoing and he misses and it goes in behind the counter and i was actually devastated i was just looking like this is not okay like we need to get this thing this is going to ruin my night like i was so i thought it, it was going to because at that point we couldn't reach it. i would have to pull the kitchen counters off the wall yeah rip it all apart so but it came out we got it and we sprayed it and videoed it. I got all the videos, all the pictures, all the texts. <laughs> I couldn't believe it, but I I mean, I was so in the zone and so mad at this thing for the, you know, like it had been building in me and yeah. I videoed it and we posted the video of us killing this cricket yeah. with the the thing. And I got so many replies from people like, I can't, I can't believe you would do that. Why didn't you just put, oh, it, really? put it outside? And, you know, I actually felt bad after I was like, <laughs> Fuck, I mean, no, I, I guess I could have just thrown him outside. I didn't have to make a murder video out of it on, on Instagram. But, man, I was just so in you the zone. Frozen I could not do it. I, I had to. I, it was just like, oh, it was brutal. But that was the uh, that was the, that was the only time one had ever gotten loose. Yeah. And, I mean, that's the last time I, I hope I ever had. Yeah, because I brought him home house. and I was I was super careful about it. I remember there was one time where one got out and I was like, I'm getting you. I'm getting you. And I can't remember if it was before or after that incident. But either way, I'm like, if, Shelby, I sees a, if Shelby sees a cricket running around, there's going to be there might be an issue here. <laughs> and then, yeah, I remember when it started, it woke me up one time I'm like, no way. And then I was like, oh, crap, that's a, that's a cricket. <laughs> and I'm just hoping like it stops before shelby realizes figures out or i'm hoping it didn't wake him up or something like that and it got to a point where it was getting bad dude we, then we both would wake up <laughs> and we'd both wake up like to this 3 30 in the morning because yeah like, you're right he wasn't that doing? loud at first but once no. he got going like he it, it was wasn't loud. as loud or as often like it was I, every couple days then it started then it was every night yeah it was literally yeah every night at like 3 a.m just hearing the chirps and he was loud. I can't believe how loud he was in this place. I know. It was actually crazy. I couldn't believe that with my door closed and me sleeping, like, it, it was, in, it was, it would wake me up, like, that I'm a pretty loud. heavy sleeper for stuff like that, I mean, that like, too. I can sleep no problem if you're, wa- if you got the TV on volume 25 and you're cranking a movie out here, whatever. But that cricket, it was just like, it's like the sound just traveled through everything. It was crazy. Yeah, that was brutal. And it was even inside the wall. It's not like it was just sitting behind out. Behind the fridge, behind yeah, the baseboard. No, yeah, it was inside the wall. Yeah, that wasn't my proudest thing. I, I didn't... <laughs> I but but that was near it, the but. end. That that was when... Yeah, things were, were toning down. Because, yeah, I, it was to the point where I knew I wasn't trying to get these certifications and things for the for, to sell them for food. And then I knew the reptile thing wasn't working out. Because I had a few people that would buy were buying them off me. But only one of them was even regular. Like, the other guys was every, like, few weeks... Yeah, the one guy would come every week, but even still, like the minimal money I was getting off him wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't worth the rent and electricity and effort I was putting in. Because you got to remember too, like I'd go to work forty hours a week, and yeah, then, true, you're still working. Uh, the best I got it spread out to was every other day I had to go. Mm-hmm. So it's every other day I had to drive the ten minutes there and back, whatever, and and do, do the, all this work. Do the cricket work. It's in this hot room, whatever. <laughs> Crickets chirping at me, ungrateful. Yeah, but uh, well, yeah. So this is the point. It was all winding down. That yeah, that's what it was winding down. I mean, I think it actually. Uh, one, one more thing, when you went home, for, yeah, I went home for a week to Ontario to visit and just see see family and things. Yeah, and th- that was probably before the cricket incident in the house. Uh, I think. Yeah, I'm not sure the timeline. I don't, I don't but remember, but I believe it. I, either way, um, 
you had asked Jamie and I to yeah take care of the um to, to do the feeding and the watering yeah, yeah. of the crickets and you were gone for seven days so the the idea was that like you like you just said you have to feed them every two days so so there was two of us yeah so so you the idea was each of you only has to go one every four days so technically you each only have to, each go, had to go once like, yeah we each had to go once and someone had to go twice or we both just it was go. something like that is i'd do it right the day before i left i'd make sure everything's filled right yeah. up so it was kind of something like yeah i think one of you would have to go twice and the other would have to go oh once. no this was over christmas holidays uh, it was christmas yeah yeah okay so this was last that's christmas. when i would have went home yeah okay yeah yeah so that <laughs> so yeah the idea was that we each only had to go one time o- over the holidays there and i don't know what the hell happened but um, or no, we would have to go more than that. We each would have had to gone twice because every two days you're gone for like seven. We each would have had to go that, two yeah. times. And it got the first four days had gone by since you had left. And <laughs> I remember we were sitting there and I thought Jamie had gone, but he didn't. And he thought that, that I had gone and it was so, I mean, and even our dad's place where we were for Christmas is yeah. like two blocks. Literally from, like from right yeah, down the street. The backyard is pretty much touch. Yeah. And we, whatever. I remember I was like, holy shit. I think we, uh, I don't know. I think we might've kill, <laughs> killed the crickets dude. I was like, it's been four days. Like I wonder if they're okay. And I mean, four days we were kind of like, all right, like it's gotta be okay. And I remember too, I didn't want to pester you guys. Cause I'm like, okay, I'm asking this favor, like mm-hmm. nagging you about it. Isn't going to make things better. I'm yeah. Like, whatever. I, I they said they'll do it. They'll yeah, do it. yeah. So yeah, so you didn't even message us to remind us or anything. I didn't put it in my calendar. I made no note of it. I complete. We just blanked and completely forgot. I, I'm not used to going to the cricket place that often. Yeah. So then we hadn't fed them for four days. Yeah. And then the power went out. The power went out. Yeah. The power had gone out, and the crickets <laughs> were then out of power for three three days. I yeah, think that it, was something I figured out was. What had happened was I found out that power was starting to go out back there. So I went and I looked and it gives you like a whole grid of what who, yeah, who doesn't yeah. have power. And I'm like, oh, crap, like my barn doesn't have power. So I think I messaged you guys and I was like, hey, like the power's out. Like if you don't mind, like when you go, just go go in there, set all the temperatures to low, bring them back up slowly, the heat up slowly, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like when the power came back on. <laughs> when the power yeah, came yeah. back on to not to shock them. So what ended up happening was... The power went out. It would have been out for like 12 hours, whatever. Mm -hmm. So the temperature would have just dropped because as soon as it goes and the insulation I had was okay, but like Mm -hmm. it wasn't good enough to last forever. And I had temperature monitors too. So I, I looked back and I could see all this data too. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so it all dropped, got real cold. And then when the power came back on, everything just jumped back on to max heat as it was set. So all of a sudden it went from and the first thing the guy told me when I was buying these crickets was don't do this. Don't have the temperature just climb all of a sudden. Yeah. And that's what exactly what happened. Well, and we thought we were home free once the power went out because we're like, oh shit, well that's good because at least <laughs> the now power we don't, killed now, you guys yeah, now we don't have a choice. It wasn't our problem. We couldn't feed them. As, yeah. as, although we did. So at this point it's, it's like six days. I, I think you were gone for more than seven. I think it, it was like, yeah. I think it was like 10. It was like the Friday to, over week, to the next something. And at this point, we're like, okay, shit, like, what are we going to do? There's nothing we can do. If they die, they die and, and whatever. And so then the power came back on and we, again, just blanked, did, didn't, <laughs> we just didn't do it. I remember we went there the day, literally the morning you, you flew in. 
So you had been gone for like 10 days and we go to the barn the day you're flying in. Like that morning, we're like, shit, we should probably go to the barn. And I'm like, fuck, like if they're dead, they're dead or whatever. Or no, we didn't even go. That's what we were going to do. We were like, okay. Oh no, because yeah, I think you guys were scared when I said they were alive. Because ultimately they they survived all this somehow. Yeah, we thought. Yeah, because we didn't even go. We were like, should we just, we were like, should we go right now before Kevin... Get, gets home and, and then we sat there and talked and thought well fuck if they're dead they're dead like <laughs> what are we gonna do we can't save them now like let's just let him find out and yeah. uh so we didn't go and we picked you up from the airport and yeah. then you drove straight there and they were fine and we didn't say anything for the longest time because like i didn't want to tell I think you it was like a week or two or something yeah, I didn't, later I didn't, you're finally caved in i didn't want to tell you that we didn't touch your crickets for seven days <laughs> but I mean, and we were we were fully prepared to to buy more. I was like, okay, worst case, we killed his crickets because we didn't go. We each pitched a thousand bucks, get him more crickets if he wants them. Who gives a shit? So we basically came to that conclusion of like, whatever, we'll just buy some more crickets. Well, at the end of the day, too, when you guys finally told me, because right away you told me that, and then you're like, you're you're talking to each other saying like, oh, we're gonna have to buy more crickets. So like, I'm laughing because I'm thinking like. These guys are prepared to replace and fix <laughs> yeah. their mistake. But yeah, I was like, at this point, it's like, who gives a shit? It's thousand bucks. We'll just do it. I mean, by all means, there were fewer crickets because they, <laughs> they cannibalize. So like, yeah. as soon as they get hungry, they, they know what they're doing. Yeah, because we, we didn't feed them. There was no water. I'm surprised they did it without water for so long. Yeah, I mean, and they were just, I, I guess, and the cold. And I mean, then the I cold, th- I, I the think, cold too, was kill them, not but... having the, the food and the water and then having the cold hit mm-hmm. in the middle of that my thought would be for sure gone, but it turns out they're pretty resilient. Well, the nice thing too is these are generation of farm crickets that I got off this guy, right? So he's been breeding them for a while now. Well, I think the best, but still holding. I crap. mean, really the best lesson from that is that you never had to go there every second I day. I never had you to go there gone once. Day. You could have gone once a week. I'd probably still be farming crickets if I knew I only had to go once a week. Way less work. You're doing way too way much. Work. Um, Yeah, I think, and I mean, that that was near... That was nearing the end, I think. Uh, I can't remember when I got rid of them. It must have been oh. February or something. Yeah, it was. It would have been January or so. Because mm-hmm. that was when I started seeing Tanya. And I know it was before that because she never uh, had the pleasure of meeting my crickets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, at the end, I managed, to, uh, I managed to put up a posting. And I found a guy who was already interested in doing it. And he was looking for a partner. So mm-hmm. what happened with him was... Instead of starting things himself, he just took over what I had. He took on he took on my crickets, and mm-hmm. I gave him all the information I had. And I was working with him for a little bit, just helping him with stuff. I never managed to go there because he was busy or I was busy, mm-hmm. and now it's been too long. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I guess you're. Well, I I remember when you were thinking about stopping, and you're. So you had you had started seeing Tanya, and at this point, you're in a new. You're in a new living situation. You have a new mm-hmm. business, and then now you have a new girlfriend. Yeah, and you still have a job. Yeah. So at this point, uh, you're just running all over the place, and and that's when you had to make the decision: Do I want to keep going with the business, or do I want to go see and experience? And you know, because at this point, you're spending your money on the business too, mm-hmm. um, not uh, on on other things. So at this point, it was like, yeah, the I, money I, the money I'd saved up was was pretty much gone at that point. Mm-hmm. It was basically my paycheck was any money I made was just going to the business. Like, yeah. And at that point it was the kind of, okay, do I want to go have fun and experience more of BC mm-hmm. and spend time with the new girl Yeah, or continue that? And 
you chose to go and see more and I knew it wasn't to the point where I was like, okay, if I push a little bit harder, this is going to happen. It was the point where I had realizations where it, it was a big leap. It wasn't uh, It wasn't a few more pushes. It was going to be, okay, do I want to make this next massive step to try to set up all this food stuff to where maybe I'll do well with it. Maybe I won't. Is this what I really want to be doing right now? And then, yeah, well, I was thinking, do I want to be, do I want to be spending all of my time at a fly farm and a cricket farm and then here and there trying to live life and do some stuff in this, in this new province I'm at in this new location. So, and I, and I think too, I mean, cause how the overall time you were doing that was probably what, like six months, it something like six months. Seven so, months I mean, maybe. in the grand scheme of things, that's quite short. I think oh, the, the other thing is, uh, you know, when you, you had met me at the perfect time that all mm. of my stuff was working out. So when you see, mm. you know, it, it, it's, maybe it's inspirational to, to see someone doing that and that you want to be doing that, mm-hmm. but not realizing how much. Yeah, I know. Mean, by all means, I know you had a few years beforehand. Oh, where, at least, I mean, you know, and I, I had days, you know, 16, we'd be working 16 hours a day every single day. And, that, and that's all we did. And it finally started to work out mm-hmm. at the same time as we had sold the house, which was convenient. But, yeah. um, I think, yeah, when you get into it, you, you really start to realize like, okay, like <laughs> shit, this is a lot of work. This is a lot of learning, a lot of new things. And you have to really be willing to put, you know, if you're mm-hmm. not going to, it doesn't make sense sometimes to just do a little bit uh, on the side. You've really got to go um, all in. And I think you're at that point of, do I really, am I really going to go in and do this as hard as I can and put mm-hmm. all, all the effort in? Or do I want to, you know, experience mm-hmm. other things? And I don't think... I don't think you made a bad choice. There's nothing wrong. Or uh, there's nothing wrong. I think I knew at that, that point too, I got what I was going to get from it, from mm-hmm. what I was doing. And I knew by all means I could have jumped in the deep end with yeah. it. And I just hit that point where I'm like, it's not what I'm, it's not what I'm here for right now. It's something that I can fall back on. And I've, I've learned all the lessons I've gotten from it. Mm-hmm. I think it would have just been not a waste of time. Cause who's, who knows where it could have went, yeah. but it, it wasn't what I think I wanted to do at the time. Yeah. It wasn't my, and, and I mean, plan. I think that you, I mean, being able to make that decision in itself is, is great because if you would have just, you know, for me, I'm not, it's hard for me to decide on things. Yeah. Sometimes I hold on to things a lot. And I mean, for, for that, you, you know, you, you had this thing that you'd put the money into. So mm-hmm. sometimes it's hard because you've put the time and the yeah. money and you're thinking shit, like I'm going to lose on this, mm-hmm. but you're going to win in other places yeah. anyways. And and you had figured that out and you just made the choice. You said, okay, you know what? I had done this. I invested the money. I learned and that's what happened. You accepted it and you moved on and, you know, making, just being able to make that choice yeah. is, uh, I, th- I think that's an yeah, awesome Yeah, coming out, it was, it was a different type of education that I was getting <laughs> versus uh, in school versus and finding that, this out. And yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. If you look at it that way is growth and learning. I mean, yeah, sure, you, you, you mm-hmm. may have lost money, but you gained a lot of value out of skills and things. And if you, now you have that stuff, if you ever want to go back to the crickets, mm. you can do that. And you'll, <laughs> Maybe you'll, not the you'll, crickets, but. you'll be able to get to that same step right away because you have all yeah. the things in place. You know what you'll need to do. And instead of six months, you could probably do it in a week. You'd be where you were yeah. before. So I think just being able to do to do that and knowing how things would flow and, and everything else. Yeah, back like when I was leading up to doing it by myself, making my own decisions, right or wrong, is by all means... I don't mind saying that I think it was it was a fail it was a failed endeavor, but 
I think I got all the lessons from it. I, I spent the money. I, I learned different things. And now next time I go at it, I have that education and experience from doing that to where mm-hmm. I don't think my next thing will be crickets, but uh, <laughs> by all means, in, if in a year or six months or five years or 10 years, whatever, I, I find something else I'm really passionate and I want to do. I realize too, the passion that I, I want to have behind it because Mm-hmm. if you don't like doing it if you if you wouldn't do it for free if you're doing it thinking like oh i'm gonna make a buck off it eventually it, you have to be in a different mindset with how mm-hmm. you're going about it yeah, yeah to where i wasn't i wasn't there with it no, i wasn't no. i didn't have the passion to go three years without making a buck yeah i yeah. was thinking like oh probably what a lot of people think is they're like yeah it's okay if it doesn't make money for the first two three months whatever it'll be fine it's mm-hmm. like in reality it it could be friggin' five years like you never know yeah, and it always takes a long time. I mean, for me, and even with my experiences, it always takes twice as long and twice as much money, and <laughs> usually twice as long and twice as much as that. So yeah. uh, it's crazy how fast, and especially when you get working and you're going and you're moving and you're into it, the time just goes by like mm-hmm. so fast. I mean, I, I can't believe the years that have gone by for me, and it seems mm-hmm. like you know you look back and you think you're not getting anything done and it doesn't seem like you're really doing much. And then you yeah. look back in a year and you think, holy shit, I I've, haven't done anything and put my head down and, and work. Yeah. What's well, the, the weird thing too, is me looking back on this past year. Cause I've been here for uh, almost a year and a half now, mm-hmm. not quite. And yeah, it's weird looking back. Even when we're talking about all this stuff saying like, yeah, this is what I've done in the last year. Mm-hmm. Whereas I could have stayed in Ontario and done whatever and probably hung out with my same friends, maybe, put a down payment on a house which is boring like all this other <laughs> dumb stuff like yeah and it's not dumb it's it's a life to live but yeah not what you're after right now yeah it's it's i never could have guessed any of the stuff i would have ended up doing but <laughs> i never would have guessed i'd have an, an 85 volkswagen truck that i didn't know existed no. or that i'd start and run a cricket firm whatever even that i'd fall into a relationship all this different stuff it's all mm-hmm. it's all weird and then even i guess we get to the next thing is that this relationship too now that we've been dating a while she's moving back to france and now it's looking like i'm going to france now. <laughs> so so because she grew up in paris yeah she was born actually in the caribbean and she spent a lot of her younger years in france mm-hmm. so that's where she's kind of got her her bearings there mm-hmm. and then she ended up going to school in switzerland and then coming to ubc for for her university education yeah yeah so now that she doesn't know what to do yet with her life she's she's planning on graduating and she's gonna go back to france for a while mm-hmm. and we're serious enough to say that well what am i gonna do and you know what i, <laughs> I packed it up and moved and i'm not I, i'm not stoked either way on doing it again but i know last time i wasn't sure what i felt and i knew it was it wasn't a bad decision and and this time, I don't think it's a bad decision either, which is a horrible way to go in the <laughs> things, depending who's decision. listening. But, but uh, it's something that, again, it's honestly too. Again, it's it's where if I go, and after a month, I say, you know what, I'm sick of not knowing the language well enough. I know some French, but mm-hmm. yeah. So even that, like, can always turn around here. Yeah, okay. You you can just drive home or fly home, and it's the same thing there. I mean, you ain't gonna drive, but you can get back on a plane and you can come back here. You can go back to Ontario. Yeah. Or you can go somewhere else. You can do whatever but but that i mean coming to bc you're in your own country and you're speaking and and it's easy to get along with with mm-hmm. people whereas over there it's definitely going to be a bigger shift of culture and language yeah um, culture's gonna be way more different so that's yeah it's going to be a lot different life but again i think it'll be a really good experience and at the end of the day i mean you just nothing but learn and yeah it's just constantly uh 
constantly putting myself under the new pressures to mm-hmm. learn more and do different stuff and yeah and yeah and I try to be advancing in whatever the heck i'm thinking yeah and i think that's it. pretty cool because i know i mean even for me i've even i've thought about traveling or going to live somewhere else and i mean i can travel e- easily i'm not a long-term traveler i don't think i've never gone anywhere for you know longer than probably three four weeks mm-hmm. um but I'll go, but I know I'm coming home and mm-hmm. I, I think it would be very tough for me to uh, do something like that, like just pack up. And I mean, moving to France, the nice thing is that you have Tanya that you will be with and she lived there yeah. and it'll be a little bit easier to work your way yeah, way in. But even for me, like if I was going to go to Ontario right now to Toronto um, or something or, or anywhere, mm-hmm. I, I think, um, I don't know, it's still something that I would be, it would be tough it'd be tough for me to, to do that. And I mean, I think it's when you think about doing it, the feeling of it for me is like, you know, it feels like exhilarating, like you're going to be free and it's going to be all this new stuff, but it's also, you know, scary and hard to put yourself out there. And people are a lot of times like really nervous to make, to make those moves. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, I think you're at the perfect age Well, anyone who's, I mean, I actually, yeah. I don't know, I don't think there's ever a wrong age, even if you're 50 <laughs> or 60 or if you're 90, yeah, it's, you know, it's, you want to go experience something new. It's, I don't think it's ever too late. Yeah. So, well, the thing too is, is you got to realize too, is like uh, you make the move and so many people think like, okay, this place is going to be amazing, wonderful, whatever, but you show up and you're the same person you were before you got on the plane. Yeah. You're just now you're here. <laughs> and then you have to realize too, that now you're the same person, but your friends aren't there. Your family's not there. Like the place you normally go get food on Fridays isn't there. Like mm-hmm. your family farm's not there. Like it's your dog's good. not around. Like it's a lot of the little stuff too. They don't realize. And even still looking back, like, like by all means I'm comfortable in BC, but in terms of saying home, I'm still referring to Ontario always. Cause mm-hmm. it's always the home thing that uh, wherever you grew up, I think is kind of going to always be your home just cause that's where you have all those comforts and things. Yeah. But Either way, you, you got to show up and make the best of where you are. And, and not that it's you have to make the best, but you have to go figure it out still. Yeah, It's, yeah, you it's gotta, all work, but it's all mm-hmm. it's all worth it. You're building something. Yeah, and I think for a lot of people, the the, I mean, I think the idea of the new or, or the newness or that kind of feeling wears mm-hmm. off fast where mm-hmm. you get there and then you realize all those little things. You're like, oh, shit, mm-hmm. like no friends, you know, everything that you yeah. listed, it's just the little places. Like for me, there'd be no Wendell's. I don't know what the hell I do. Where the hell am I <laughs> yeah. going to eat? So, um, you know, I'm so used to being down here in Fort Langley mm-hmm. and going to all the places that, uh, I don't know. It, it's that, that, that comes quick and you go around and you want to show everybody you're at this new place mm-hmm. and everything's cool and you take photos and then three weeks goes by and you're kind of like, you know, you've taken yeah. all the photos and you've showed and done these things. And then that's, mm-hmm. I think when, it can really start to hit and wear off because initially you're excited, but that excitement mm-hmm. after you start to see and fit and get in there a little bit, it's probably the breaking point where a lot of people are like, okay, like, I don't know if I'm yeah. going to say. I mean, I hear so many people who book these travels, like I'm, <laughs> I'm going across the world for two years, you know, sure, and, and yep. then they're back in, in less than two months because that, that one month time hits and they've kind of seen the yeah, shit. It's all and cool and fun. And then you realize this is your life now. And they it's see their, their the, friends on, yeah. you know, social or whatever doing shit. The FOMO and, from, yeah. They're having a party at buddy's house and you go, oh, I want, I want yeah. to be at that party. So 
Um, but I think that's it's pretty awesome that you were able to come this far and stay here for as long as you have. And now yeah. you've got a new journey coming up that's going to be in a whole new country with a whole new language. And yeah, I mean, do you, you still don't have a job lined up there yet. No. Yeah. No, so you really. you got to do the visa and, and get everything. And yeah, I'm in the middle of figuring out my paperwork before I apply. And mm-hmm. I got it all kind of figured out. Yeah. A little yeah. bit of plans. But again, it's kind of like I understand what the long term is going to look like, but I'm not worried about it that much. I'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that'll be that'll be good. We're going to have to come visit you over there and 100% make you some check it out and you can show us around and we'll i'm gonna have all my french stuff figured out by then <laughs> uh, my place i buy baguettes and <laughs> <laughs> you won't have a shortage of coffee there though tons of coffee shops uh chocolate croissants to make me mm-hmm. happy all this other stuff so yeah we'll see how it, we'll see how it goes it should be a interesting time i don't think i'm gonna have i don't think i'm gonna starve there or die there i'm gonna do pretty well i think (laughs) (laughs) well we'll have to do another episode when you're back too we'll hear about all the adventures of your of your france um your france move for the for the next year see what the uh french shelby and jamie look like (laughs) 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 oh yeah no that'll be good we'll definitely have to make it over there um is there anything that you want to say or close with yeah Um, Yes, tackling the <laughs> just coming back to the the traveling thing. All I can think is is it's it's like the best and worst decision, but it's definitely a good one. It's because <laughs> again, coming back to moving here is is like when you think you're gonna buy something, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna buy this bag or this set of headphones, set of headphones, whatever, mm-hmm. like something cool that you think's awesome, and you think like, oh, my life's gonna be better when I buy this thing. Like there's always, everybody's had this where they buy it and then they go, okay, I'm the same person. I'm just sitting here and now I have this new thing, but also I spent a bunch of money on it. I could have spent money on this or that, whatever. But mm-hmm. in this case, the the thing is where I'm living and then the the money is time. Yeah. Where it's, you have to decide whether you want to spend your time on it and, and realize you, where you want to allocate things. Right before I moved, actually, I was talking to my one friend and he had just bought a house. He's moved in with his girlfriend and all this other stuff. And I was talking to him about it and he's like, he was kind of jealous, but I was talking to him about it and he goes, he's, he says, I wish I could do something like that. And he's like, but I got my broom ball league. I got my ice hockey's like I coach my girlfriend's little brother's hockey team, all this other stuff. So he's like, he's like, I'm not ha- unhappy with what I got. He's like, I really like what I have. He's like, I wish I could do that stuff, but it's not kind of the life I chose. And it's, yeah, it's something that stuck to me. The fact that he, he knows that, it's not an opportunity he really has anymore, mm-hmm. but he's grateful for what he has. And it just makes me realize that I have this chance to do something. I'm a single guy. I'm, I'm, I'm capable to do it. So it's kind of like, why not? Everything else can wait. Like, yeah. You can, when always- I come home in a year or two years, I guarantee what I'll miss certain experiences for sure, but I'll come back and all my friends that were going to stay there have stayed there. Mm-hmm. They're all doing pretty much the same stuff they still go to the same place on thursday to do <laughs> chicken wings all this other stuff. yeah yeah you feel like you're gonna miss out on a lot more than you are but in the long run i think 10 years down the road you're not gonna you're not gonna regret the year you went and did this or that but mm-hmm. but you're gonna have all those experience and lessons all these lessons that i ended up walking away with that mm-hmm. i think there's no way i would have had all these different chances to have these opportunities mm-hmm. mistakes and lessons yeah, and it's just that meeting, i ended up having here yeah and meeting all the new people and everything yeah and the everything whole network, that you've done getting out of the comfort zone 
Yeah, no, that that's awesome. Pushing that zone is one of the hardest things I think for people to do. And, uh, that, you know, from this conversation, I'm hoping that the, you know, it will inspire some people who yeah. are out there thinking about doing that and moving somewhere else, but they, they haven't. And, you know, hearing how your experience has been mm-hmm. and all the things you've tried and you, the people you've met and mm-hmm. now you've met someone else and you're going to, to Europe and you're going to be doing all these other things. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it'll help some other people decide and take action to do the same thing and, yeah, I hope and, so too. and get out there. Um, yeah, so I guess that's it. I just, yeah, I wanted to say thanks for coming out and sharing everything and <laughs> moving yeah. to BC and being able to become friends. And Yeah, I'm glad um, we this time. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to come come out to France and we'll we'll have to do another one of these yeah, and hear I'll all about it. Paris piss-ups or something. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I look forward to that. Awesome. awesome. Okay, well, well, yeah, until next time. Until next time, then.